Hello everyone, I hope you are keeping well. Welcome to another episode of the Middle Age Gaming Podcast, the number one show where we talk about games, gaming philosophy, predictions, and pretty much everything under the sun. Your hosts are Adam, Crean, Antoine, and Phil. Pretty much whoever can be there for the show because as you know, Middle Age gamers are busy. We have family, commitments, work, and so many other things. Enough said, let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Middle Age Gaming Podcast. We're here with Adam Antoine and myself, Korean. Thank you very much for joining us early in the morning or late in the evening, wherever you are. Please, we'd also like to mention just before we start that next week is Daylight Savings Time in the States. So the podcast will be changing an hour later. So it will be 10 a.m. Taiwanese time and will be 9, 10, 9 p.m. It'll be the same time. It's oh, the same time. time. <laughs> exactly. EST yeah. doesn't change. My math doesn't work anymore. Thank you, guys. So as usual today, we're going to be talking about games that we have been playing, then do our responses segment, and then talk about today's topic, which is breaking the fourth wall, which is something I know very little about because I don't understand it a lot. But Antoine will explain it to us a little bit later. Antoine, what have you been playing? The Yeah, for the past any months, the past three weeks, I've been playing Chrono Trigger which is, uh, as, I, as I was saying, a blast from the past. It's an excellent game. I am about mid-game now. And it was funny because maybe an hour before the show or something like this, I had the bad guy with, uh, who did some kind of heroic action. And you can start seeing the hearing music starting up and the bad guy stopped the music and said, no, not this one, cue the other one. And then you have the bad guy music start. Say, yeah, that's the right one. So that's completely meta and completely with the theme of today. Yeah, I guess I'm uh, mid-game and uh, I'll I'll try to finish by next week, but no promises there because Eric that you have seen on the show a while ago now, uh, I started playing Tower of Fantasy and asked me to join him on this. So I'll try to finish Crotigo to start this one. And what about you? In my own time, I've been mostly playing Cyberpunk. I'm still enjoying all the glitches and weirdness of what's going on in that game. But for the stream, I've been doing Home Sweet Home, which is a horror game from Thailand. And it started off, I was kind of like, oh, okay, getting into it, getting key. And the more I play it, the less spooky it seems. Just because you start seeing all the... I guess gamification of it, the AI, you're starting to exploit the AI and whatnot. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the more I play it, it's like yesterday I had a situation where it was, it's basically the, the game's equivalent of a boss fight where what it is, I'm in a room, there's all these desks everywhere. There are these red threads strewn about across the ceiling and there's a ghost in the room chasing you. And if she sees you, she'll come after you. So you need to put holy water on the red threads and that will turn them to white threads. And if she walks underneath them, they'll create like a barrier. And if she walks through, the barrier then what will end up happening is hang on okay what will end up happening is she'll dissipate and disappear for a while and then you need to use a hacksaw to get through a, some rebar that's holding the door shut but what i saw so i was going through and i was like oh this is difficult because you don't know where she's going to show up and whatnot and then i figured out that i could just exploit the ai there's this tower of desks right near the door and you can see through it so I'll just move slowly around it and she follows your direction because she's always in you. So I'll wait till she's on the other side, run over to the door, start hacksawing it. And it was a bullet sponge kind of boss situation where it's like, okay, get her into position. Okay, she's far enough away from me. All right, let's get six hacksaws in. Okay, turn around. All right, she's getting close. Let's reposition her. And it was just like, it just took the horror completely out of it. It was just kind of like, all right, now this is tedious. It's 
no longer scary. So it definitely, yeah, it's funny because when, when it's doing the kind of exploring situation, it can be really tense. But when you get into these kind of ghost chase sequences, it becomes actually less scary and more of, okay, how can I exploit the AI? Or you don't necessarily know where you are or she is sometimes. And so you just kind of like slowly turn a corner and she's there and she just immediately kills you. And you're like, oh, all right, let's, I know what I'm supposed to do. So let me just go through these five steps again. And it's like, oh, okay, she killed me then. Let's go through these six steps now. Okay, now I've died again. Let me go through the seven steps. So you just keep repeating and learning a little bit more each. So it's turned into a Dark Souls kind of thing. Fight, die, repeat. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Otherwise. I'm really curious about Cyberpunk because I played it when it came out. And even now, I think what is it like version 1.6? There's mm -hmm. still bugs and glitches and stuff. Oh, there are so many bugs and glitches. I was talking to Antoine about it last week. There's this thing where you'll be walking around and occasionally the textures will get weird and everybody and everything just starts flickering through every possible texture of that thing. So like people's faces will start flickering between all the different text skin textures and or their clothes will start because you can have a say a shirt and that T-shirt can have six or eight different skins or graphics on it and it'll just start flickering through all of them at once and so that's a big one they'll do things where you'll have a reflective surfaces and over the reflective surfaces instead of being reflective they just blast out light and so the screen becomes blinding i've had it crash i've had it crash probably more times than i've ever had any game crash on the playstation on any playstation so it'll crash fairly regularly yeah things with like, i was supposed to hide a body so i was like okay i'll just put it down on the floor here around the corner so i put it down turn around turn back and it's gone it just fell through the floor so body's falling through floor i had a car one time that i called the car and the car is you can only see like maybe the top half of a foot of the car because the rest of it's digging its way through the ground like some sort of submarine that's just breached the surface and then as soon as it gets to you it's just bam pops out of the ground and all sorts of weird stuff, yeah. Still super glitchy. That's disappointing because I, I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but I've noticed it on YouTube and YouTube Shorts. You probably have that since Cyberpunk Edge Runners, people are replaying it and adding mods and a whole bunch of stuff. And it looks, I'm like, oh my God, I'd love to play this again. And then after what Adam said, I'm like, nope, definitely not. I don't have time for bugs anymore. It's still fun. It's still fun, but but yeah, it's super glitchy. I was thinking about doing a trailer video like what I did with the Ghost of Tsushima or something like that. And how everyone's like, oh, the top 10 reasons you should play Cyberpunk. And I was thinking about doing a tongue-in-cheek that the bottom 10 reasons you should play Cyberpunk and just treating all the glitches as as game features. Oh, in the future, people's they're your clothes. If you don't like your red shirt, it could be blue or every color. So look at this representation of our future. So I was Definitely. thinking about doing something I like that. That would be a good idea. I'll probably do that at some point. I've taken some recordings off of it to to prepare for that. So don't know when so, it'll get done. I still need to do my, what do you call it? My YouTube short for Dust Divers, which is yeah. taking forever. Fortunately, I don't have the time to, that I would like to dedicate to these things, but it'll come out eventually. Yeah. yeah, just to say that if you're like me and you didn't see Adam playing Home Sweet Home, you can always do so on the replay on YouTube, Facebook, and of course, Twitch, Middle Age Gaming. That's just a little commercial part of the show. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can still check it out, yeah. Nice. Oh, and I, I got to say as well, Antoine's voice is louder today when you speak into the microphone because I think one of the things I realized is that, like, we have... Adam is the loudest when I'm editing the podcast, and then it's me, and then Antoine, it's you. And I think maybe for people live streaming or watching the live stream, they can't hear 
you very well for some reason. Should I speak louder? No, I think, I think no, when you speak distance. into the microphone, it works better. Because like when you speak into the side, like here. Oh God, yeah, yeah that's that, really loud. That's much better. Fair enough. Yeah. And then Adam, remind you to not only to do the single capture frame for when somebody speaks, so I can do those YouTube shorts. Okay. You know what? Do you know what I mean? Because I know you did it. You just did it for the promo last week. Because yeah, we have the game trailers I, going on. But you want to do it for the game? I can do that. No problem. Yeah. Oh, oh, we have a little bit of time. What do you think works better? Do it us or do it on the game trailers? Oh, I have a way to do it on the game trailer where it takes a full screen. Okay. No, I can try that today. Because I did it on my crypto channel. Like I've started doing according to the new algorithms for YouTube and TikTok. First length you should do for a short is 5 to 11 seconds. Second length is 20 to 30 seconds. And the last length is 60 minutes. Oh, 60 seconds is the longest you should do it. And that should be the minimal amount of shorts. And like in the last, I did one video last week on the crypto channel and had 500 views between three shorts. And it's, it, the trend has continued. So I, I think it might be a good thing to try for us. So let's do this. Let's try, I'll try not to change. You don't need to change anything today and we'll just do the trailer view. And then I'll break it up into three different shorts of can't believe attention's this bad. 10 seconds and 20 seconds and 60 seconds. And we'll see how it goes. Fair enough. Okay. And then I'll end off very quickly with my game. I have been playing Warhammer Demon Hunters, which was on sale, like 25% off. It will end, the sale will end tomorrow. So if you still want to buy it, this episode, you'll be listening to this right now. You can still buy it. Really fun, but really freaking difficult. They added a whole bunch of board game rules to this as well. But it's like really so graphically awesome. If you play Dawn of War 1 or Dawn of War 2, and you're like, oh my God, this is nice. And in this game, like they show you the extent of what people in power armor can do. Like the, the cool stuff is there's none of this like 98% chance to hit and then you miss. You guys are space marines, you hit all the freaking time. You never miss at all. But it's still freaking hard. Like I, I spent about six hours and then I, you know, I messed up so many times I had to restart. So I restarted a second time and then I was almost going to restart a third time because I got to this part of the mission. Oh my God, I don't know how to handle this, but it's fun. Absolutely runs beautiful at 4K. When the Space Marines climb up a wall, you can see the arms latch onto the wall and pull up and they smash through the wall. Or when they want to go through a door, they take a big metallic power armored foot, kick the door in, the door shatters into pieces, right? In the NVIDIA GeForce, it's, it's just amazing. And then like the voice acting is really cool. The typical British accent. I don't know why Space Marines are British. And so they say when the guys are running like brother is with me and everyone follows and we've got a whole bunch. It's not like a typical game where you start off and you have a limited selection of weapons. You have access to uh, different sorts of melee weapons, different sorts of guns with different stats. You have access to Terminator armor very early on so you can class with your space marine in armor that's probably i've been thinking about it in my sleep for some reason terminator armor is probably about the size of two floors of a house but it's absolutely amazing like i would even start this a third time that's how much fun it is but it is hard it is like i realize i can't just arbitrarily upgrade my guys which is what i usually do in these kind of games because i just i'm too tired but it's fun definitely recommend it if you're looking for a turn-based strategy game even if you're not a warhammer fan you might get put off just because it is fairly difficult i started off on normal difficulty and i had to go down to easy and even at easy it's still pretty hard where if you don't make certain choices i can imagine myself possibly getting screwed 
after 15 hours and starting again from the way back in the beginning because I made the wrong choices. Definitely something to think about. And yep, that is it for me. Um, okay, guys. So I hope you enjoyed today's gaming segments. As usual, don't forget you can tweet at us, twitter.com slash gamingaged, uh, twitter.com slash lidesai, twitter.com slash Antoine Toure, which I always forget how to say your last name, even though we've been friends for so long. Twitter.com slash Korean Pagliacci. We're all here. Now that I know what Antoine's Twitter handle is, I'm going to be tagging him more often, and his phone's going to be lighting up like New Year's Day. Mm. Um, so before we get started in today's wonderful topic for everybody except me, let's talk about our wonderful sponsor, which is Newsly.com. We'd like to thank Newsly very much for sponsoring us and including us on their podcast section of their app. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural voice. Antron brought up the new Prime Minister of England, which is in and dealing with the horrible English economy. There's President Lula of Brazil, which is finally in and kicked out that Trump-like Bolonsaro from Brazil politics as of yesterday. The entire web becomes listenable for the first time. If you're a busy person like me, you don't like to sit down and read, right? You can play your, listen to your Newsly news articles and do your cleaning can work on your PC or in your motorcycle, whatever it is you like to do. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling and start listening. Uh, you can follow topics, politics, Bitcoin. My brother just sent me an article yesterday while I was asleep that Bitcoin is now available in South Africa's most popular grocery store. Uh, you can go with your Bitcoin Lightning Wallet and buy your groceries, right? And it costs about like one cent transaction fee, which is pretty much what you pay for the store pays for Visa or MasterCard anyway. And they have podcasts as well, where you can find us and a bunch of other really cool podcasts. Please don't forget to listen to those. Download News Newsly for free now from newsly.me or from the link in the description. Please use proto promo code MIDDLEGAMING. This allows Newsly to say that you guys support us and they will support us because you support us. And uh, that is it, Newsly. Thank you very much. And we will definitely keep doing this. As usual, guys, support us. And uh, we will move on to today's topic, which is breaking the fourth wall. Antoine, please tell us what is that about? Okay, I'm going to tell by us, I'm going to talk to Korean because apparently you didn't really understood the whole fourth wall stuff. So it's what we call meta, usually. We all experienced really terrible meta, and usually in tutorial of game. What you like in game, especially when there's a good story, is immersion. You like to be immersed in the story. Meta is when the game is telling you, here, if you want to jump, click X. Or if you want to go there, do this action on your pad. That destroys immersion, right? Because you were following a story and all of a sudden you get instructions. That's not really good. But some games are much better than other on this. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about these games because I actually uh, watched a stream on one of those and I really, really had a big laugh on it because it's really beautifully made and I'm going to recommend this game. Yeah, if you're two players, <laughs> alone it's going to be a bit hard. But uh, yeah, which in which order do you want us to start? <laughs> it always know? starts yeah. with the person who proposes the topic, so it's going to ah, be Adam, Adam and me. Okay, fair enough. Adam, Antoine and me, so that means Adam's first? We add to an Adam in him, but he's good uh, to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. I think, oh, God. Yes. I, I, I think so, but just wanted to confirm. Okay, fair enough. So if you're a middle-aged gamer like us, you should know Dungeon Keeper. Adam, uh, 
does Dungeon Keeper tell you something about? It's Dungeon Keeper. Do you know Dungeon Keeper? Yeah, I know Dungeon Keeper from way back. Okay, it's from way back, yeah. And I guess you use a good old RTS Warcraft 2 and 3? Of course. So the game I want to talk about today is Dungeons 3. It's an unofficial sequel to Dungeons, to Dungeon Keeper, because they don't have the license. But what's very meta about it is your main character, Talia, is the daughter of the absolute evil. And her aim is to destroy the world for fun, mainly. And she talks a lot with the narrator, because uh, you have the narrator explaining the story, which is already very meta. And Talia talks to the narrator and says, Hey, wait, you said there was, uh, the, the ogre should, should have been two meters. Why is he at least three meters? Oh, sorry. Let me just reduce that. Ah, okay, so a two meters ogre was in front of the force of evil and they would recruit him. Basically, there's a, a little back and forth between Talia and the narrator all the time. They made lots of reference to dungeons and other licenses. And if you really like this kind of game, you should get it very soon because there's so many infringements. I don't even understand how they can still be up. <laughs> to be honest, I said there would be a lawsuit against this game. But Apparently not. It's an extremely fun game. A bit hard if you're alone. I was mentioning Dungeon Keeper and Warcraft. It's really literally a mash of two games in one. You play in each game underground where you create your dungeon, very Dungeon Keeper. You create your rooms, you upgrade your rooms, you recruit your monsters, you create your dungeons because heroes come to attack your dungeon exactly like in Dungeon Keeper. But you also have this RTS. All the, of course, the room building is your base building and the ground. But you take your blins, your ogres, your banshee, your army to go above ground and attack targets very much like you would do in a Warcraft 3, for instance, or in similar kind of RTS. So you really have this dichotomy, if I could say. This, this dual play alone is hard because you really have to manage your dungeons because not only the heroes are attacking, when you start digging, and it was the same in Dungeon Keeper, you dig too hard and you have spiders, you have dragons, you have bad surprises waiting for you. If you just dig and you know, start to look above ground and then you come back to your dungeon and you see a big attack of spiders, that's quite tough. So it's much better to play two, pl two people because it works flawlessly, very good. So one take care of the dungeon, one take care of above ground attack of the force of good of course, because you're attacking good. And it's an extremely funny game that I really recommend you you just, even the DLC is the same quality as the original game. Yeah. Run for it. Who do you play it with? Uh, who did you play it with? Because you said... No, no, I was, watching, I was watching the stream. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah, so... because it's when I'm working, I'm watching stream of game, I don't have time to play. And the, the guys were quite silent because really the back and forth between Talia and the narrator is funny enough that you never have really time to, to breathe, I would say. Like e even while you are creating your dungeon, she will always have a funny word because she has a mental issue as well. She has a, a good side and a bad side. So sometimes a good side is like, a, hey, I know we're already destroying the, the town and all, but you think we can negotiate a treaty maybe and go for a cup of tea? Ah, oh, shut it, good side. Anyway, she talked to herself quite a lot as well. Okay, okay. So, because uh, I was just wondering about the difficulty of this, 
And because I remember seeing this game on Steam and I've, okay, this looks really cool. It looks like Dungeon Keeper. I remember growing up watching my older brother playing Dungeon Keeper, being the 10 year difference and me and my younger brother would sit next to him and watch him play. And I'm like, okay, this looks cool, but I'm just worried about difficulty. And like you said, if you really have to have two people, that's impossible. You don't really have to have two people, but you need to manage it well, because of course, the latest maps are going to start being hard. And it's not like you can just dig, stay in your dungeon and do your room until you are ready to go up. You can't do that because of course you have a technology tree. And you need certain point of, I don't know if you say it in English, but evilness, let's say. And to have evilness, you need to go and corrupt temples above ground. If you don't go above ground and destroy temples to corrupt them, you never get this point of evilness. You'll never be able to upgrade your army or get enough points to upgrade your rooms and stuff like this. But there's a big management part as well, like very base building. Your room at first would work at 80% efficiency until you put a door. Then the door add another 10% efficiency, etc., etc., etc. You need to keep your army fed, so you need to create a room with chickens. You need to keep your army paid, so you need to dig out all the time for gold and mine for gold, because if you don't pay them, eh, not so good. You need specific type of monsters to run certain machines. Look, so for instance, you need Banshee to run the brewery, I think. Because if you give beer to your monsters, they be happy. And then they they are stronger, of course. Beer make you stronger. Nice. Adam, any thoughts or questions? No, I I remember seeing like advertisements for the original Dungeon Keeper. But yeah, I haven't seen this one. And I'm surprised that it's on console because it doesn't seem like it would be very console friendly. Just because RTSs are typically not (laughs) control-wise. Oh, come on. Red Alert and Warcraft 3 were on console. They were on console, but control schemes of using a controller just weren't as... uh... I played Red Alert on on PlayStation, and I was very happy with it. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm so surprised. It's not not the best, of course, but you have people playing Final Fantasy XIV on console. You can do everything, right? That was a little bit different. For me, it was mostly the just because with RTS, speed is super important. And being able to like move across the map and stuff like that. And with a mouse, you can just zip across the map real quickly. But with an analog stick, you usually it scrolls relatively slow because otherwise it's like really hard to get where you want because it just either flies in either direction or scrolls really slow and selecting units and stuff. So for me, it was mostly like I felt like if an RTS is slower, it works better on console or not better, but it's slower. It can work OK on console. But for RTSs where you need to do like lots of actions relatively quickly, like StarCraft on console, is, it's just much more difficult. I feel like the pace needs to slow down. I completely agree with you. For argument's sake, I imagine they just wanted to make more money and get it on console. <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried it. Maybe they figured out something like, yeah, Final Fantasy XIV, they came up with that really in- innovative crossbar, which makes everything super intuitive and makes it really easy to do. I was talking to Phil and he was saying that even when he plays on PC, he still uses the controller sometimes just because it's so well designed for how it works. So maybe they found a way to, to make it work. But yeah, in my experience, like with Warcraft 2, it just it, it felt much slower than it did on PC. But on the PC with another person and you would have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So Adam, what about your game? Okay, so I went with, let me switch this out here. Oh, no. There we go. 
So I went with Metal Gear Solid. I had a really hard time choosing because there are so many fourth wall breaking games. Sims does it all the time. Disgaea does it all the time. What's the other one that I was debating on? I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but I was like, how can you do a fourth wall breaking episode and not make a mention of Metal Gear? That's just not a possibility in my mind. So I just figured like nobody else had it. I have to put it up. So I went with Metal Gear Solid. It's been doing this for a really long time. I'm not sure if they did it in the original like Nintendo games. I don't think they did, but definitely Metal Gear Solid. It started with the Psychomancist fight where he can read your memory card as well as your button inputs. But just that acknowledgement of the player. He's like, oh, I see you enjoy a castle. So the fact that the character is aware that he's in a game and that is talking to the player was always a lot of fun. The trailer I'm using today is from Ground Zeroes, which was... Pretty notorious. People still reference it as a meme where Snake shows up at one point in the trailer, looks the camera dead in the eye and says, kept you waiting, huh? The fact that Snake in the trailer acknowledges that he's in a trailer. Just things like that. There are several mentions where, especially when you get into the, what is it, the, the comms, where, for instance, they'll say things like, oh, if you're having trouble, maybe you should consult the manual and things like that. So uh, even in one of the games at one point, I think they said you're supposed to contact somebody. And he says, if you need the number, look it up in the manual. But the manual is actually the game manual has it in there. So you have to crack open the case and look in the game manual to find the code and whatnot. So, yeah, I figured this game is very meta and, and very aware of itself. Um, and, it, and it goes back and forth between it's like, oh, everything's really immersive. And then they'll just completely look at the screen and, and just talk directly to the player and then just go back to what they were doing. Figured you can't have a fourth wall breaking episode without a mention of Metal Gear in some way. I think it was in MGS1 that uh, when you get tortured after you lose all of your codec uh, line, and you have to go on the manual to get back. Okay, so you have to call the colonel, you have to do, 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 do. okay. Yeah, there are things like that. And then what was it? Uh, there, there's times where they'll talk about, I think they mention Meryl not being from Police and Ots, So they'll actually, they'll actually mention... Or they'll make references to games that other char that characters have been in outside of Metal Gear. Like they'll say, oh, how's blah, blah, blah doing these days? And referencing a character that doesn't exist in Metal Gear, but does exist in another game that this character has also been in. Yeah. So it's just, it, they've always have a lot of fun in it. It's very tongue in cheek. It's a shame that Kojima will not be involved moving forward. We haven't had a post Kojima game yet. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with it, where they take it, and how successful they are. I don't know if I will stick with the series, but I, when they come up with a new one, I think I'll definitely check it out just to see where it's going at least. But yeah, I'm still waiting for the next installment, seeing if they decide to break from the Metal Gear Solid and do Metal Gear something else, because Solid was, kind of, I guess you had the original Metal Gears on Nintendo, and then Solid was something a little bit different, and uh, maybe they'll take it in a new direction. Maybe they'll do the more like the, what was it? What was the one with Raiden, Metal Gear Rise? Like that. Uh, no. I don't think I don't think Kojima was involved Revenge. with that one. If Revengeance, yeah, because that Revengeance. one was done by Platinum. So. Lots of good music on it. Yeah, so I don't think Kojima was involved with that one. So they definitely can do it. We'll just be have to wait and see how they do. Yeah, what is that dude's name? Oscar Isaacs from Moon Knight. He's pushing for him to be Snake in Metal Gear Solid in the <laughs> TV show. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that that was pretty cool because I've always seen. Outward press and looking in, I've always seen Metal Gear games. I've always watched the trailers because I'm like, oh, these trailers look really cool. And of course, I never played any because I've never owned a PlayStation. But yeah, that's that sounds cool. Yeah, so my game is Batman Arkham Asylum. 
it is the first. Did I play any other Batman game? But it was the, the one that I played that I liked. It was really fun. It was um, it was just like this game where you felt like the fighting system was the best thing at the time, I think. Because there's a challenge in this game called Batman vs. 1 vs. 100, where you're on a roof and you're fighting literally 100 other people on a roof. And that's famously based off of the early 90s Batman TV show when Adam and Antoine and I were kids. They had a scene of that in one of their cartoon episodes where Batman was fighting like 100 people. But yeah, apparently this game breaks the fourth wall. And now that Adam and Antoine have talked, I understand it a bit better. I, I feel like it's not this game though because i'm like i google this and like this is the game i feel it's like batman arkham knight that does this because in batman arkham knight you're haunted by joker all the time and he's like you blah 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 and he's like eh, and he points to the screen and stuff but anyway this is the reference like it could be this the arkham knight or it could be arkham asylum but you're always dealing with a joker some way or another and he's always making stupid jokes about the real world that you're in and the game. Um, and it's fun. It's really cool. I love this game. I think this was great. I understand why people don't like the Arkham games after this because they didn't really change much. Like between this game and Arkham Knight, the only cool thing you got was the convertible hover tank. Um, that, that That's really cool because there's these cutscenes every time whenever Batman calls for the car, like literally breaks through public infrastructure and comes around. You're like, oh my God, that's like a million dollars gone down the train right there. So it's a really fun game. If you're into breaking the fourth wall, I would definitely suggest it. It's one of the games I want to go back. I played Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight was the first game that I wanted to play in 4K because in Arkham Knight, it shows you how much video RAM you need and you need eight gigabytes of video RAM to play at 4K. So it's definitely a game. You should definitely give it a go if you like Batman. I think Arkham Knight is as good as Arkham Asylum, just not innovative enough for these people who always need new things. And there are definitely that whole fourth wall breaking element in all of the games, including there's the one in between Batman Arkham Origins where you just play as Bruce Wayne learning to be Batman. But yeah, that is it for me. Do you guys remember what we were doing next week? Because I already forgot. Do not remember. But let me quickly. Could be your week. It is my week. Oh God, yes. Okay, <laughs> cool. Next week, what I wanted to talk about was mobile gaming, but in the vein of, do you need a thousand dollar phone to play mobile games? Good looking mobile games. That's what I wanted to say. Very similar. It's a bit of a hardware episode. A bit of a episode from Adam's vein of low GPU power games, whereas in have you reached the singularity point where you can buy like a $300 phone and still play Asphalt 9 or Apex Legends on your phone or something like that? And does it still run well? Can you still enjoy yourself? Can you still just have a phone as your only solution to gaming in your life if something bad happened and we can play our Switches or Playstations or PCs anymore? Um, Something like that. That, that. that is the idea for next week. Need to find an excuse to skip that one. All right, guys. Any final words before we end up today's show? No. Cool. Then very good. And Antoine, thank you for today's topic. You guys, thank you for tuning in and listening. And don't forget to leave reviews on your iOS app because like most podcasts, we are primarily dominant on the Apple iPhone store. Please come check us out on YouTube. Review there. Leave a comment on the video. Let us know what you think. You can email us middleagegaming2020 at gmail.com. And then we will see you guys next week at the new time, 10 a.m. Taiwanese time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, if you're in the States. 
All right, and then see you guys later. Bye-bye. That's all we have time for, folks. Please don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, and share on social media. We are trying to build the best possible community out there. We want to create a home for people just like you. You can find Middle Age Gaming on YouTube, Twitter, Discord, Gmail, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to tune in to Adam and Phil's stream to have a chat with them. See you later!